0: It is a common suggestion from those who are not Christians. But Jesus didn't really come back to life again following dying on the cross, but rather the disciples took the ideals and principles that he taught about and ran with them, as it were, for everything was done in his memory. Well, in today's sermon we're going to have a look at what Luke says about that idea, This sermon was preached at North Lopham for the third Sunday of Easter, 2021. You are listening to a sermon from the Pilgrim Path with your preacher Samuel S. Thorpe. Almighty Father, who in your great mercy gladdened the disciples with the sight of the risen Lord, Give us such knowledge of his presence with us that we may be strengthened and sustained by his risen life and serve you continually in righteousness and truth. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Would you please sit for our readings? Our first reading comes from the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 3, beginning at verse 12. When Peter saw it, he addressed the people, You Israelites, why do you wonder at this? Or why do you stare at us, as though by our own power or piety we made the lame man walk? The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob the God of our ancestors, has glorified his servant Jesus, whom you handed over and rejected in the presence of Pilate, though he had decided to release him. But you rejected the Holy and Righteous One and asked to have a murderer given to you, and you killed the author of life, whom God raised from the dead. To this we are witnesses, and by faith in his name, His name itself has made this man strong, whom you see and know, and faith that is through Jesus has given him perfect health in the presence of all of you. And now, friends, I know that you acted in ignorance, as did also your rulers. In this way God fulfilled what he had foretold through the prophets, that his Messiah would suffer. Repent, therefore, and turn to God, So that your sins may be wiped out. For the word of the Lord. Please stand to hear the gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. They were startled and terrified, and thought that they were seeing a ghost. He said to them, Why are you frightened? Why do doubts arise in your hearts? Look at my hands. Look at my feet. See that it is I myself. Touch me and see, for a ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. While in their joy they were disbelieving and still wondering, he said to them, Have you got anything to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate it in their presence. Then he said to them, these are my words that I spoke to you while I was with you. For everything written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the psalms must be fulfilled. And then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures, and he said to them, Thus it is written that the Messiah is to suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins. Is to be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, O Christ. May I speak in the name of God, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. In the last few days, the news has been filled with stories about the death of Prince Philip, the life which he lived, and perhaps most importantly, yesterday was filled with coverage of his funeral. We're all aware that during Covid times, only 30 people have been able to attend the service. Indeed, at some points it has been even fewer than that. At other times it was very meager indeed. But we know that the funeral happened because 30 people did attend and were present. And we had the cameras which broadcast them for all of us to be able to watch if we so chose. Indeed, you can go onto YouTube today and watch it through again to see exactly what was said and what happened. It was a moment of mourning, a moment of reflection, and asking that God would look after Philip and take him into his eternal rest. Grief, even for the royal family, is a reality which we all encounter much as the disciples had felt when they saw their friend and teacher, Jesus, killed upon the cross. And it's interesting, this idea that we know that the funeral happened. Although we use modern technology, in a sense we can say, well, we witnessed it. We saw the events which happened. We saw all of the ceremonies that unfolded. We watched as he was lowered into the crypt, and we listened as the bagpiper walked out through the doors. But here in our Gospel story, and again in Acts, there's a key phrase which is often overlooked. Jesus has appeared to the disciples in a room, Quite a surprise to them, they had heard that he was missing from the grave, but they didn't quite believe that he was truly alive. And their first reaction is, he must be a ghost. Now perhaps our minds have been filled with CGI monsters from different films, but generally ghosts are, you know, floating, perhaps fuzzy, see-through, peculiar things. And they think that this must be the ghost of Jesus. But he says, no, do I, do I really look like a ghost? You can sort of almost hear him expecting it to be a profound moment of, look, I'm back. And they're like, are you real? And he's like, yes, look, look at my hands, look at my feet. How can I prove to you that I am actually here? And they give him a piece of fish. And I have to be honest, which is a great disappointment to me personally, As my wife can attest, I am not the biggest fan of fish. I would prefer to eat almost anything else instead of fish. So if we are to imitate Jesus' example, I suppose I must learn to eat fish. Is that what my wife thinks? Well, maybe. But the point is that he ate a piece of fish. This was proof to the disciples that this was no mere hallucination or apparition. Snow Snowcoast, this was Jesus with them, eating alongside them. And it is of this that Jesus says, you are a witness. And again we hear when Peter is explaining to the Jewish people around them how they were able to heal the lame man and enable him to walk, he describes himself as a witness of the resurrection of Jesus. This is an interesting thing for us to consider. Witnessing Jesus eat, on one level, proves that he is alive. But on another level, proves so much more. It proves that the Easter faith, which we share, is not one where the disciples decided, oh, well, we'll just say that the teachings of Jesus were important that his example was enough for us while he was alive. It's not one where we say that everything is just spiritual and metaphorical, though there are indeed many metaphors and spiritual ideas present. But Rather, it means that the gospel is a surprisingly physical, tangible reality. This church is not a ghostly church or an avatar or digital reality. It's made of bricks and stones, paint and flowers and wood, and we are all actually here. It is a mistake for people to think that their faith is about otherworldly things, about things which are somehow beyond this world in the realm of the imagination. Imagination is a powerful tool. It enables us to visualise and to go beyond our understanding. But it's not the same as saying that it is imaginary. To say that something is imaginary is to say that Jesus is like a ghost. But with this simple act of eating a piece of fish, we enter into an entirely different reality. He who was dead is alive. And having demonstrated that he is alive, he opens their minds to understand the scriptures, that the Messiah was foretold by the prophets, by the Psalms, by the Old Testament scriptures, and that in the life of Christ we encounter the Messiah who suffered, actually suffered and went through difficulty, even to the point of death. And yet God raised him on the third day, so that we might have a gospel to proclaim of a forgiveness of sins. That is, that those things we do which are wrong, those mistakes which we make, those words and comments which hurt our friends and families, can be forgiven and put right. But more than this, it reminds us that when we come to celebrate the Eucharist, We deal not just with spiritual matters, but very physical realities. The bread or the wafer that we taste on our tongue. It's a very physical experience. It comes into your mouth and it perhaps feels a bit dry. You crunch it and you swallow. Again, normal times you would take a cup. And you would take a sip of the wine and taste the alcohol and the grapes. And you swallow. These are very physical signs of a very physical saviour. And this is where sometimes we can find it difficult to hold on to the reality of who Jesus is. Because the gospel, we believe, is that Jesus did not just come back to life and ascend to be with God but he ascended as a physical human being, just like you and I. But he remains, that Jewish man who is God, alive even now and today. And this is the sign that he left us, that we should gather to break bread and drink wine, an act of remembrance, what he has done for us. But it's more than just a remembrance. Just as he was a physical human being who is the place where the divine and human overlaps, so that when we look at the face of Jesus we can say this is the Son of God who died and rose again for us. When we eat and drink the bread and wine of the Eucharist, we truly encounter the reminder and the living presence of God with us. This is important, because instead of denying our suffering, instead of denying those things which trouble our hearts and make us upset, God comes into the middle of it. We all have struggled over the last year, whether it be to do with Covid, fears of work or stretching out pensions. Concerns for our own health, or those that we know who are either ill with COVID or finding hospital appointments have been delayed for other maladies. We're all aware of those who are hurting and struggling, relationships that have broken down, and people who have moved away to find work in other places. God doesn't say to us, forget that your problems are real. God doesn't say to us, your suffering doesn't matter. Rather, God says that your suffering and your difficulties matter so much for I would die for you. And to encourage you in your week by week, month by month faith, I give you a physical sign to remember my presence with you. This is not just something that lives in our hearts or in our minds something that lives in our worship when we come to this physical building, to this physical place, to eat bread and wine. and eating the bread and wine ourselves, just as Jesus ate the fish, we realize that we are witnesses to the reality of God in our lives. And as witnesses, we have a hope, a hope which endures no matter what. A hope which enables us to offer hope to other people, to offer them a chance to receive forgiveness. And so I encourage you today, as you come forward to eat the bread and the wine, remember the risen Lord who ate the fish, and all that that proved, That he was indeed alive, and remains alive without dying. For death has been conquered, sins can be forgiven, and we have a God who loves us so much that he joins alongside us in all that we are wrestling with.